Hi everyone, this is Stephen Overbond. You're listening to my podcast. And as always, thank you to my listeners for joining me today. I'm really excited for what we're going to get into and talk about this afternoon. Uh, I have a special guest with me today, my dad, Reverend Jim Overbaugh, who's also the pastor of Life of Faith Church in Missoula, Montana, and is also establishing a church in Port Charlotte, Florida. So he has two churches, and um, the Lord's been moving mightily in his life and in his ministry, and so I'm excited to have him as my guest today. And so welcome, Dad. Thanks, glad to be Thanks here, for Steve. joining me very, today. Very, very glad to be here. Yeah, and we're going to um, talk today about the move of the Spirit and in these last days and talk about what the Holy Ghost is doing, what the Lord Jesus is doing through His Spirit in these last days. And I think this subject is so important and every believer should be aware of what the Lord is doing, not only what He's doing, but how He wants to use them um, in their lives in these last days for His glory. And, you know, I've said that it's so easy for us to look at what the world is doing, to look at what governments are doing and nations are doing and be so well aware of um, what their agenda is and what their plans are. And we can get so caught up on what the what the earth is doing, what the world is doing, this world system is doing. But, you know, we should be even more aware of what the kingdom of God is doing and what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing through his church in these last days. Because, you know, the Lord has plans for this time. He has purpose for this time. And so we need to be more focused on what he's doing and less focused on what the enemy is doing and what the world is doing. And so it's so important that we talk about this, the move of the Spirit in these last days, in this last hour, these last moments of time before we step off the scene and, and move into another dispensation. And um, so we're just going to get into it today. I had a scripture on my heart that I wanted to open up with. It's in Joel chapter 2. And like always, I say to my listeners, you know, if you have your Bibles, get them out, get your paper and pen out and take notes and join in uh, with us because we're studying the word. Amen. And we're looking at what the Bible has to, to say about this. Glory be to God. And, you know, it's so important that we, when we're talking about any Bible subject, to always go to the Word first and have a, a Bible foundation for what we're talking about, a, a solid foundation for our faith. Because you can't just build anything in ministry or in life upon, you know, anything other than the Word. And so we always have to have the word first and look at what the Lord has said through his word. Anyways, in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will, I being God, will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And he goes on to say in verse 30, I will show wonders in the heavens above, or in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord. 
Verse 32 said, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Or there's a footnote in my Bible that says, shall be saved. Glory be to God. And so I always like to read down to verse 32 because that's the end goal. That's what the Lord's purpose is. That people be delivered. That people be saved. And that is the reason why he moves the way he does by his spirit. His purpose is so that people can be saved. Amen. Glory be to God. And so, um, Dad, you actually, I remember you were teaching on this recently and you were talking about this um, portion of scripture. Yes, uh, last Sunday. And I think that's why you're stealing my material. Like you uh, (laughs) try to do sometimes. You know, he just listens to my messages and then takes bits and pieces and puts that into his own. But uh, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, which was um, given some 800 years before Christ, 800 B.C. Yeah. And um, the scripture said that when the day of Pentecost was fully come in Acts 2, 1, mm-hmm. they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so the people came together. They were confounded about what was going on. They said, what does this mean? They thought these people that were filled, the course it was 120 in the upper room, mm-hmm. uh, according to what the Scripture says. And <clears throat> we believe that... Um, you know, what was happening, every single one of them was being filled because it says they were all yeah. filled. Yeah. And so Peter had to explain what was going on. And this is the fisherman, Peter. And in the 14th chapter, he stood, or 14th verse, he stood up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea, this is Acts two fourteen, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, mm-hmm. seeing it's but the third hour of the, hour of the day. But, and then he makes reference all the way back to Joel's prophecy. Which we this just is read. that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, yeah. and it shall come to pass in the last days. And this is a definite a sign of the last days, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams on my servants and handmaidens i will pour out in those days of my spirit and they'll prophesy and so uh god is on the move in this day and hour and we're living in the dispensation of the outpouring of the holy spirit and the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 was when this prophecy that was given by joel was fulfilled. And yeah. so we're living in that time. And I, I like something that Jesus said in Luke, uh, the last chapter of Luke 24. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had risen from the dead and uh, he came and revealed himself to his disciples. And he said in verse 46, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Yeah. In his name among all nations. And then he says, beginning at Jerusalem, and he told the disciples 
you are witnesses of these things. But verse 49 gives us a clue about uh, the preaching of the gospel and what we need to do before we go out preaching the gospel. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father, speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem, notice what he said here, until you be endued with power from on high. And yeah. so uh, God's intention is that his people have the baptism and have the fullness of the Spirit in their lives, baptized in the Holy Ghost, if you will, yeah. speaking with other tongues, yeah. so that they they can be endued with power. Uh, because Jesus didn't come preaching the gospel without the power of the Holy Ghost, and he doesn't expect us to go right. preaching the gospel without the power of the influence. He said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. So who wants to go out without the power? Mm -hmm. And so much of the body of Christ um, doesn't live the Spirit-filled life as they should. Yeah, uh, Hasn't learned how to yield to the Holy Spirit and His presence and His counsel in their lives, His influence. But this is His dispensation and we need to be acquainted with Him. Amen. Yeah, and familiar with his move and his ways. You know, I noticed that um, there's a, a phrase and a word that the Scripture keeps using, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. And the things that were in the Old, some things, not all things, but some things carried over into the New. And it's the word upon. Mm -hmm. And Joel said, in the last days, say the Spirit of God, I'll pour out my Spirit on mm -hmm. or upon all flesh. And in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 1 and 2 says that there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You read it just now. Mm -hmm. In yeah. verse 3 it said that it sat upon each of them. The tongues that were like fire right. sat upon each of them. Um, and over and over again we see it. Uh, Acts 1.8 said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Right. Um, and even with Jesus in his ministry in Luke chapter 4 it talked about how the Spirit of God came upon him. Mm -hmm. The Spirit of God has descended on him like a dove, the scripture said in the River mm -hmm. Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, over and over again, we see this phrase being used. And it's it's something that I think is overlooked a lot of times, Dad, mm -hmm. by a lot of Christians. Even Spirit-filled Christians, I've noticed, have overlooked uh, the importance of this. Knowing not only that the Holy Ghost is in you... Not only knowing that eternal life is in you, but that there's something that's on you. Right. Or should come on you if you've never received, but is on you to enable you, to empower you to do the mm -hmm. works of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I I can speak for myself, and I know you can attest to this, that, that you can get so full of the Holy Ghost and so aware of His presence in your life, you can really sense that power on you in your life when you begin to minister um, in the way that he's told you to. Mm -hmm. um, but so oftentimes believers, and it's sad to say, they, they're not aware of it as they should be. Mm -hmm. But I believe in these last days we need to be more aware of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying just ministers need to be aware of it. Right. But believers in the body of Christ, the layman, so to speak, mm -hmm. need to be aware of it. Would you agree mm -hmm. with that? Absolutely. And I think Christians need to understand we think that, that people do know this, but um, just because you have knowledge of something or even just because you've taught it a lot doesn't mean that people uh, are walking in the light of it. And mm -hmm. sometimes when we think, well, you know, 
I don't have to talk about that because everybody knows that and we tend to sometimes pass over mm -hmm. some basic information. Um, but really, we shouldn't do that at all because whatever is in the Word is something that needs to be repeated repeatedly. Right, <laughs> And so right. Jesus talked about the difference between being born of the Spirit, which is the new birth. Mm -hmm. The Scripture said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah. Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. And he talked to the woman at the well in John 4 about this when he told her, the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well of living water springing up unto everlasting life. And so, you know, she wanted that water. And the Lord talked to her about how that would happen. He said, I am the living water. Yeah. And so... That's being born of the Spirit, and I think we understand that. But then in John 7, he talked about something that was completely different yeah. than a well of water. He talked about rivers. In right. the 7th chapter of John, verse 37, he said, In the last day, or the scripture said, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, mm -hmm. let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Wells and rivers are two different things. But then verse 39 gives us more clarity. And it said, But this spake he of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus mm -hmm. was not yet glorified. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it even, in my Bible, even cross-references Joel 2.28 right there. Yeah. In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So yeah. um, the believer that's, that is or the person that's born again, they're a believer, all right. They're on their way to heaven, mm -hmm. and they have that well of living water. And the Holy Spirit does come to live on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. That's being born of the Spirit. But there's a difference between being born of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit upon or the Spirit within, there's a difference in the two. And being baptized with the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking with other tongues, is definitely a separate experience from, mm -hmm. and in addition to, being born again or um, receiving Christ into your heart and being born of the Spirit. So really good. Christians are really, um, they're actually at a disadvantage with regard to the preaching of the gospel and being used of God in the earth if they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's good. Because that's they're really good. lacking something that Jesus said, not only do you need this before you go do this, there's power that he said is available to you. Yeah. But then he gives the example himself. The Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing. So um, he also says that we're to do his work. So if we're going to do his works, are we going to do that without his power? No. Are we going to do that without his spirit? Right. Are we going to go in our own strength or our own ability? And I think it's clear to see how the religious ideas uh, have taken over in, in many areas uh, with many Christians and they're tr they might even be trying to do something good. But is the Holy Spirit in it? Do you really have the power of God in operation in your life? Right, right. So um, That's good. Well, and I was, um, it just brought me back to um, a few years ago. I remember I was down in Oklahoma going to Bible school. And mm -hmm. in during that time, I remember that I could, that there was a lot of great um, Christian stations on TV mm -hmm. and ministers that you could listen to on TV um, down in the Bible Belt. And so I remember yeah. one day um, list, turning on the TV and I saw, I flipped, was going through the channels and I flipped through to uh, this one channel and there was uh, a pastor preaching to his church. 
And it was a Baptist church, and uh, we love our Baptist brothers and sisters. But I just was listening to him and could tell right away that there was something missing Mm -hmm. in his teaching and his preaching. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that what he was saying was necessarily bad, Dad, but it was was just almost, for lack of better terms, powerless. It was lacking the anointing. Mm -hmm. Lacking that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it just stood out to me right away just listening to him. Mm-hmm. And I only listened to him for a few moments. Like I said, we love our brothers and sisters, but um, you can tell when you meet, come in contact mm-hmm. with a Christian when something is missing. If you mm-hmm. as a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking believer, come in contact with somebody that's not, you can tell immediately mm-hmm. they talk differently. They, they sound different. There's something lacking in their life. Right. And yet that's not Jesus's plan for them that's not what his will is concerning them yeah his will is that you have power yeah for every single believer to walk around with his power in their life well the the Lord said some things with regard to the Spirit of God and his ministry in the body of Christ and uh, before he left in the from the 13th chapter of John to the 17th chapter you have the account of the Last Supper Christ, and he said some amazing things about the Holy Spirit, but in the 16th chapter, or no, excuse me, 14th chapter, um, he said something about the Holy Spirit. He called him in verse 16, the Spirit mm-hmm. of Truth, Yeah. and he said with regard to him um, that the Holy Spirit would be involved in revealing unto Christians who the Father is, who the Son is, yeah. Um and he, he said here, like, for instance, in verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you yeah. all things mm-hmm. and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. So Christians are at a disadvantage if they don't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit because of his, for one thing, his teaching ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like something that he said in the 15th chapter and the 26th verse, he said, When the Comforter has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Yeah. And so then in the 16th chapter, in the 13th verse, he said, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he keeps calling him the Spirit of truth. Right. Notice, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but whatever he'll hear, and he'll... Uh, He'll show you, or he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me again, mm-hmm. for he shall receive of mine and show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he will take of mine and show it to you. So some of the most important things in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our yeah, lives yeah. is to teach us about, first of all, he is the Spirit of truth, and he'll lead and guide us into the truth of God's word, unveil it, reveal, unveil it, and yeah, unfold it. Right. He's going to teach us about the ministry of Jesus. He's going to teach us who Jesus is. He's going to reveal him. He's going to reveal the Father. And so um, can a Christian that's not baptized with the Holy Ghost, can they glean light and revelation from the Bible? Absolutely. But if you want to go deep, if mm-hmm. you want to go, if you want to really discover what God has, then you've got to get into the Word and you have to get in, get in the place where you are living in the fullness of the Spirit. What was it that Paul said to the church at Ephesus? Be not drunk with wine or in his excess, but be filled yeah. 
or be being filled, literally, an ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit. Be yeah. filled with the Spirit. Yeah. And so the Christian that is not baptized with the Holy Ghost is at a disadvantage. And we're just scratching this the surface of who he is right. and what he does. Right, right, right. You know, I was thinking in, in my life personally, again, I've these scriptures have always meant something to me. Mm-hmm. They've always been so important to me. But it seems like now more than ever before, there's 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 new light on it. Mm-hmm. It's shedding new light on the truth and the wonderful mm-hmm. um, richness that's coming mm-hmm. out of this. Um, it seems like now more than ever before, these scriptures need to be heeded to and paid attention to. Um, it seems like because of the times that we're living in, um, the the perilous times that mm-hmm. we're coming into and we ha- are in, because, like Paul said, it seems like because of the times, now more than ever, we need to be paying attention to the words that Jesus spoke here in the right. Gospel of John chapter 14, 15, 16, and in other places mm-hmm. about how he is the spirit of truth, how he is teaching you. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Um, how he will glorify me, how he'll speak of mine, show it unto you. Um, all of these things over and over again. It just seems like now more than ever before, it's so vitally important mm-hmm. that we be paying attention Absolutely. to this. And think about this too. Now more than ever, God needs his church to be spreading his gospel because literally people's lives are on the line they're at stake yeah uh this literally has to do with heaven and hell for people and so Mm -hmm. the enemy is at work to try to discourage to try to deceive the scripture talked about seducing spirits would be active in this time doctrines of devils to cause people uh, that were once following the lord to depart from the faith because they gave heed to those things there's so much out there that's going on to distract people from the truth of God's word. And their attention is, is all over the place, but where it should be on the word of God. And so right. think about um, the fact that God needs us to be full of the spirit so we can do the works of Jesus. And then in our services, when we come together, I mean, if we're not full of the spirit, if our church isn't open, yeah to welcoming him and and saying to him, we want you to come in. We want you to have your way here. We turn our services over to you, Holy Spirit. We want what you want in our midst, Lord. We want you to stretch forth your hand to heal and and work signs and wonders in our midst. But are we, are, could, can we expect to have that if we've got the door closed to him, if we've got the door closed to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if we don't wanna hear about that Holy Ghost business, um, then the churches end up with, without the Holy Spirit, like with the order of a graveyard, mm-hmm. with a deadness about yeah, them, yeah. a coldness about them. I'm not saying that the Lord wouldn't work in places like that, because He does. He'll mm-hmm. work as much as He's allowed to work. And people do get saved in these kinds of things if the gospel's being preached for salvation. But God also wants us to have this fullness of His Spirit, and He wants to move in our midst. He wants to demonstrate His goodness. And why are the gifts of the Spirit in the Bible anyways if we're not going to have them? Right. You know, there's nothing that says these things have passed away. I know some people think that, but that is false doctrine. It's it's not correct teaching. Uh, We're not really talking about that, but the gifts of the Spirit are real today. They're available for us today, and we need the power of God in manifestation. 
and the Holy Ghost in manifestation in our midst if we're going to have what God wants us to have. Right, yeah. I was thinking about something that Kenneth E. Hagin said, Brother Hagin. We uh, called him Dad because he was a spiritual father in the faith to us. Um, he had vision to start Rama Bible Training Center, for those of you who don't know. But I remember something that he said is so important. You know, some of the things that men of God say, you may not understand entirely what that meant at the time, or you may not have full revelation on what they said at the time. But if you just, like you have said, shelf it or hold on to that in your heart, um, ponder those things in your heart, eventually Mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost will continue to show you those things, reveal those things to you and teach you more about those things. Mm -hmm. And something that he said that I thought was so important, he said the greatest move of God that's going to take place, especially in these last days, is going to take place in the local church. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And, you know, that really has stood out to me. And at times, even um, not perplexed or confused me, but just um, almost surprised me in some ways. But as time goes on, I'm starting to realize that what he said was absolutely the truth. Mm-hmm. That the Lord Jesus Christ wants to move the um, greatest way in the most powerful way in mm-hmm. his local body. Right. But yet so many times the local church is overlooked and mm-hmm. disregarded as unimportant, especially uh, with ch- Christians today and how they think about it. They think that it's uh, something you can take or leave. Mm. Yeah. Um, but he said that's the, where the greatest move of mm-hmm. God is going to take place, in the local church. Yeah, yeah. And um, you could tell me what you think, but I would attest and um, be a witness to the fact that the greatest things I've seen over the years have taken place in the local Absolutely. church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't go by numbers. Right. Because God literally does not go by numbers. Mm-hmm. And since this whole COVID mess has come around, churches across the country have seen their attendance decline significantly. Some of them have closed their doors. But we just continue to keep the door open to people and open to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I'll tell you... Um, We've seen some tremendous things with regard to a move of God, manifestations of the Spirit, mm-hmm. people being blessed and ministered to in special ways, and the Lord moving in our midst, regardless of what has gone on in the country and in the world yeah. with this COVID mess and, right. or political things. Sure. Um, you know, sure, at times we've had better attendance that we have in the last two or three years, but that's to be expected based upon what's happened. But the Lord hasn't stopped moving. He, in fact, lately he's moving stronger and greater Isn't that interesting? Than, than at other, other times because yeah. we are pressing, we are saying, uh, God, Father, we, we look to you to stretch forth your hand to heal. Father, we, we invite you to demonstrate your spirit in our midst. We're not trying to manufacture anything, but then he's showing up. Right. And it's been interesting, almost uh, interrupting preaching at times and right in the middle of a service calling for a prayer line for something that just, you know, came up by a word of knowledge. Right. Um, that's happened a couple times recently. Yeah, yeah. And if we're not, if we weren't going to be sensitive to him, then you might overlook something like that. But I find that, you know, if I pray in the spirit and keep myself stirred up and then seek the Lord about this and tell him, and you have a place. This is what, whatever you want to do is what we want to do. And then yield to him as he starts to move that way. Tremendous things come out of it. Tremendous testimonies. People being ministered to in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And also people that are even watching online because 
we know a lot of folks are watching church online nowadays, but there's no substitute for really being in your midst in, right. in the in the corporate anointing. And uh, I just I just encourage pastors or Christians everywhere invite the Lord into your services. Um, this is a time now to be pressing in to the things of the Lord and inviting the Holy Spirit and making a place for Him. If you don't make a place for Him. Um, then you can't expect that he's going to move the way he wants because he's he's uh, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to push his way in. He's looking for that invitation. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So how would you say we make place for him? What do you mean when you say make place for the Holy Ghost? Well, for one thing, believers need to be uh, prayed up in the Spirit. They yeah. need to be learning to take time. And ministers can do this too. Uh, they can be notorious for not praying in the Holy Ghost as they should. I remember one time a young minister asked me about what I did to prepare for preaching. And I said, well, you know, I obviously study. Yeah. And I study, uh, you know, what I believe the Lord would have me to study. Yeah. But I said, also, before I go to the pulpit, I usually pray for at least an hour in other tongues. And he said, well, I can't do that. And and I thought, well, I didn't say Why not? Yeah. But he said, oh, that's just too much. You know, I said, well, if you you would condition yourself to do that it's, yeah. you'll find that it's not it's not too much well yeah. in fact you probably need to be praying more than that but um i don't know that he ever did it uh he was negative about it but i've watched his ministry over the years um and he hasn't had the move of the spirit so if a congregation is, if the pastor's teaching him right teaching him about the holy ghost and telling him that you know listen we're going to have his way here not our way and I just said that Sunday, this is not my church. This mm-hmm. is his church. Mm-hmm. He needs to do what he wants to do in our midst. And we're going to give him that place. And if you don't want to be in a church like that, then this is probably not the church for you. I mean, yeah. it's difficult to say something like that, but it's really the truth. Right. Because people that don't want the move of the Holy Ghost can mess it up. Right. You know, they, they're like a stick in the mud. You've got to drag them along yeah. when he's trying to move. And then he can be grieved and somebody can miss out on something that he wants to do. Right. So, yeah, people need to be prayed up, need to be full of the Holy Ghost, need to be full of the Word of God. Always and then, the Word, too. And, then, yeah. and praying corporate prayer is important for inviting Him. And the pastor needs to teach on that. We're giving you place. Also, another big thing is what kind of music are you playing in church? What kind of... Uh, is it stuff that honors and glorifies the Lord and lifts up the name of Jesus and invites the Holy Spirit? Or is it stuff that's just about me and my situation and my problems? Like just like some people say, you know, the, the real fleshy kind of mm-hmm. Christian music that and people don't even worship to it. Yeah. Um, so prayer and, and worship and inviting him. I always invite him privately, but then I'll also invite him publicly. Right. And talk to the people about it and say, look, this is the direction that we believe we need to go according to the Word of God, and that's where we're going to go. Right, yeah. You need to teach also. People need to be taught about the Holy Spirit and His ministry, the Holy Spirit and His dispensation, which we're living in, what Jesus said about Him, what the Scripture reveals with regard to His ministry to us in this day, and what happened with the early church, how they were filled with the Spirit, spoke with tongues, and they went out and did the works of Jesus. Um, we're living in those days. We are living, like we started out in Joel 2, we're living in the last days, saith God. Right. And so we need to be prepared to be used of Him and using our faith. Not enough to just say, we want this, we want this. No, 
Yes, we want it. We're going to pray about it. We're going to seek the Lord. But we got to understand that this is something the Lord wants for us too. So then, then we talk like this is happening, like we've got revival in our midst and it, have an expectancy with regard to him. Right, 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 you know, right. I expect you to move, Lord, because if you don't, I can't help anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I remember something the Lord said to me. He said, and it was about this subject, uh, and specifically um, I was reading in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 go figure but um he said to me one day because i would pray for these things constantly praying for these things lord we need this we need this he corrected me on that and mm-hmm. he said don't pray like that anymore he said don't ask me to do something i said in my word that i'm already mm-hmm. doing that's right and so there is a move of god underway in yeah. fact the move of god has never stopped mm-hmm. god's really he's doing now what he's always been doing mm-hmm. he hasn't stopped doing it yeah we've seen uh, waves come and emphasize certain things more um, than at other times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen certain emphasis on certain things at particular times in certain generations, um, depending on what uh, the head of the church wants at that time. But primarily, you know, God's not really doing anything new. He's mm-hmm. doing things that he's always done. He's getting mm-hmm. people saved, born again, brought in to the kingdom of light. He's getting them filled with his spirit. Mm-hmm. He's... Um, He's raising up his church to be glorious in these last days, mm-hmm. um, to heal the sick, all, right. so on and so forth. So, um, you know, the Lord is doing what he's always been doing. Mm-hmm. But I think that what you're saying is so important, talking about um, making a decision to be ready in yourself and bringing mm-hmm. your supply mm-hmm into the house of God. That's right. Instead of looking to leadership, looking to the pastor, looking to whoever to do it all for you. Is that basically what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I know that people go to church to get things, and that's right. And and the scripture reveals to us that as ministers, we're to feed the flock of God, which is among us, right. taking the oversight. Right. Uh, Paul told Timothy to preach the word, to be instant in season, out of season. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have an obligation to bring spiritual truths and a diet of the word of God that's going to feed the people. But at the same time, if people come to church or go to church wherever they do, if they do, um, then a lot of times people kind of drag themselves in because they've been beat up by life so much (laughs) that they're like, oh my gosh, if I don't hear something from heaven... Or from the preacher, I can't make it, you know. And and I understand that, and I know that the Lord ministers to people that way and mm-hmm. does supply what they need. And that's a wonderful thing. And we're going to continue to do that by bringing the Word and bringing the Spirit to people right. um, throughout the rest of time, you know, that we're here on the earth. But right. there's some there's a higher place to walk, mm-hmm. a place where you're, good. you're going in with something because that person has been spending time with the Lord during the week. They've been praying in the Spirit. Um, You know, if you get full of the Holy Ghost, you can't help but do things that Jesus did while he was on the earth. Right. You know, you can't help but share the gospel. You can't help but want to pray. And the reason why people don't do those things is because they're not really filled with the Holy Spirit. I've said it for years. The problem with Spirit-filled Christians is that they're not Spirit-filled. Yeah. And if if you pray in the Spirit enough and you get full of the Word and you act in faith, um, the Lord's going to use you. He's going to use you throughout the week, on your job, in your neighborhood, wherever. And then when you come to church because you've been spending time with Him, 
You're going to come in with a spirit of faith. You're going to come in with the fullness of the spirit. And it's going to be a lot easier for that person to yield to the Holy Ghost right. during worship. Right. And then be more, they'll be far more sensitive uh, to the things of the spirit. And that way, if the Lord begins to move in a certain way by his spirit, then people will recognize it and sense it. And they won't be like thinking in their head, oh, I just can't wait until I go home. I want to go watch the game. Instead, they'll be like, Lord, thank you for showing up here. Yeah. And and they'll yield to him. Yeah. And they'll help pull together um, so that you can get to the place that God wants you to be in that given service. That's really good. And it'll take your services to a deeper level. Absolutely. Um, a level that, honestly, so many have not been to yet. Right. Have not gone to You're missing yet. out. Um, but we can all go there. We can mm-hmm. all go to a deeper level, and I believe that's what the Lord has for us. Um, you know, I was thinking of um, a service that I was ministering at, and it was actually overseas. And it was I was invited to go along with another uh, group of people, and we went to a particular church where they didn't have... Mm-hmm. Um, the move of the Spirit take place. And the reason why they didn't have it was because they didn't believe in the Holy yeah, Ghost. Nobody it, ever taught on it. Exactly. And it was um, it was a church that honestly, like you talked about, in a lot of ways had the order of a graveyard, very strict, very um, ceremonial. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was in this service and um, I was actually scheduled to preach that night but one of the ministers that had invited me along came up to me before I was to get up. And knowing my ministry, knowing what my calling was, they wanted to um, forewarn me that these people don't believe in the Holy Ghost and that I wasn't supposed to talk about it. And, you know, I was just shocked by that. Dude, and honestly, well, I got grieved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, almost like you, you sense the heart of God and how he gets grieved all the time. But I went to the Lord privately and I said, Lord, I'm trying to honor the leadership that's Mm -hmm. invited me here. But I want you to know that regardless of what these people know or don't know, I'm going to still yield to you. And I'm, and I know that what takes place tonight will be done by your spirit, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, I say that publicly or not, Mm -hmm. but anyways, you know, it was a church that didn't believe in the things of the spirit. And yet when I got up to minister, he moved mightily. Mm -hmm. And I'm, what I'm trying to make a point here is, that the Lord is so endeavoring to come inside the doors of his house again. Absolutely. In a mighty way. And he wants to demonstrate himself mightily. Mm-hmm. And he wants to show his um, power to his people. But not only his power, but bring um, a demonstration of his anointing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in that particular service, people got saved that... Um, came and they weren't had never been born again people got healed um there were people that their ears were open never heard before in their life their ears were opened instantly you know it was always it was the move of the spirit and and the church was just so thrilled and excited well they didn't realize yeah there was because of the holy spirit right but what i'm saying is in these last days the lord really is endeavoring to move in his house Mm -hmm. again yeah in his house yeah absolutely and so it's so vitally important that we um, that we give place to that, and that we that we not reason in our minds. Well, if I do this, then it could offend people. If I mm-hmm. do this, then people might not come back. If I do this, my church may not grow, or my mm-hmm. ministry may not grow. That mentality is 
is it honestly is is so um in my opinion, I was gonna say demonic, but it's it's just so opposed and contrary to what the word of God it's says. Fear based, not faith based. Yeah. You're basically saying that you know more about um what people need and how it mm-hmm. should be handled than God does. Right. But I would never assume that I know more than the head of the church. Mm-hmm. Well, like Joel said there, um, in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Right. I don't think any Christian would say we're not living in the last days. Right. So if he went to the trouble to put that in the Word and to give Jesus things that he said about the Holy Spirit right. before he left the world right. and to give us examples in the early church and everything that the Apostle Paul said about the Holy Spirit, the manifestations right. of the Spirit yeah. in the Corinthi- to the Corinthians and things he said to the Ephesians with regard to being full of the Spirit and Colossians uh, about letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and these types of things, then if he went to all that trouble to get that information to us, we ought to understand, hey, this is the time in which we're living. And God's trying to pour out his spirit, which he is, and he has, then we need to we need to walk in the light of that. And yeah. so if we're going to do that, maybe some people won't, won't like it. Maybe some people, you know, will think we're strange or whatever. But I would rather God be happy with me because I was yielding to what he wanted to do than be concerned about whether man accepted me or not because mm-hmm. he is uh, endeavoring to minister to all flesh at this time and, yeah. and we need to be used of him in this manner. Right, yeah. So, Well, we're going to give an account and answer for the things that the Lord has given us to right. do. The assignments, the giftings, the callings, the anointings that he's placed upon our lives. Um, you know, it's not just the... For ministers, it's not just the the office they stand in, but it's what's been added to that office yeah, that matters. That's true too. And you know, endowments that he's placed upon us to, and mm-hmm. you know, if we're not using those things, people aren't going to be helped like they should be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it goes back to only by the move of the Spirit and by the Holy Ghost, His flow, are people going to be helped. That's right. It's for it's for eternity. Honestly, it, these that's are right. these are eternal. Um, these are eternal things and things that will impact somebody's life, not just for a short period of time, but mm-hmm. for eternity. It, it ministers to their spirit and in their mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're going to give an account for that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just so important. And this is such, like I said, such an important subject. Because um, it's, and really, it's it's an answer for a lot of people for why they for why their church hasn't been going the way they would hoped it have gone mm-hmm. or for why their ministries aren't more successful right now or why people feel empty and dry and hopeless and mm-hmm. even Christians feel this way. This is their answer. Powerless. Yeah, it's their answer. Yeah, that's right. This is the answer. Yep. Maybe they were looking for another answer. Maybe they were looking yeah. for... The world you know, needs the power of God. Right, <laughs> right. They need to see that, not some dead, dry religious thing. Right. You know, it's not the man in the White House that's the answer, and it's not the government turning around that's the answer, and it's mm-hmm. not more money that's going to fix everything. It's, you know, it's what God has said in His Word that's going to be your answer and fix that's things. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, people need to recognize that the church needs to wake up. That's right. So, I mean, there's so much more we could say, but thanks again for coming on, Dad. Be glad. I'm. I'm glad I had the opportunity to be with you. Yeah, and and always, guys. Um, you know. Thank you for joining us 
and joining me as we've taught the word on this podcast. It's a great um, avenue in order to get the word out, the, the teachings of the Bible out. Um, I don't know what other people do for their ministries. A lot of times I think they get up and, and bring a bunch of their own personality into it. But um, the word is taught here. The word is being taught here. And then, you know, the, the, the flow of the spirit is on that word. Mm-hmm. And so um, remember, you can follow the ministry through this podcast, but also on Facebook and YouTube. You can get on stephenoverbot.com and you can get updates on events and things that are going on. And um, just be in touch with what the Lord is doing through this ministry. Thank you to all my partners who have joined me and uh, give and sow into the ministry. And, you know, God is on the move. Amen. Like Amen. Again, again, Dad, thanks for coming on. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll be blessed and we'll see you next time.